And I just want to speak into that, and because of the respect of the Word of God and the heart of God, um, C.S. Lewis said this, since I find nothing that can satisfy me in the world, that tells me I was created for another world. And this world is a world of the kingdom of God, which is faith. Between October 1st of last year and the end of February this year, statistics show that 20,000 people died of influenza, which is the flu that we have been battling since 1918 in our world. With the coronavirus, 11 people have died since it was known of in the beginning of the year. I want to tell you that you must walk by faith and not by sight. Fear is not of God. The Bible says that, that um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I go to Costco and there's no toilet paper left, there's no water left. There's uh, things that are going on and it's pretty sad because fear brings torment and fear creates a lot of confusion, not only in the world, but in the body of Christ. And so I would tell you, walk in wisdom, walk in uh, great insight of life, but don't listen to the lies and the fear that is being uh, proclaimed from your television sets or radios. And to me, if you sense, I would ask that you would, if you sense someone proclaiming fear, you sense a spirit of fear, shut it off. Don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. Because um, God's doing something very unique, and the enemy's coming in trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, he's doing something very unique in your life. And... Um, as you can tell, um, that in attendance of church services are down 30% and because of the coronavirus. And uh, so I proclaim to you in Jesus' name, don't listen to fear. So good to see you. We're going to continue in our uh, series on prayer. And today I want to talk to you about prayer and how to make it personal. You know I'm a statistic guy, so I study a lot and I read a lot. And uh, statistics shows that a lot of the studies have shown that 90% of Christians, those that attend church, feel that they have failed in their prayer life. And... So as I was putting this series together, I wanted to speak to that. I wanted to speak to that statistic. But in speaking to that statistic, I, I want to tell you that I believe that we have every thought process, every ability to be 100% successful in our prayer life, but there are some things that have hindered us uh, some things that are stated, uh, beliefs, religious statements that have created such a, a difficulty about prayer 
that most people give up before they even start. Or even when they do try, that they feel like it's not working. So here my goal is today and the rest of the series is to really pour out to you the heart of God, that you have every ability to succeed in this prayer life, this prayer walk, and to seriously, 100%, have such a unique, personal time with God that in the presence of God, all anxiousness, all worry can be removed from your walk in your life. And I'm going to show you today how that will take place. I believe the Holy Spirit is laying a foundation for our near future at Valley Community Church. Prayer is foundational in the church, especially here. Prayer is foundational. So let me say it this way. If you need a breakthrough in your life, stop thinking about the situation and get a breakthrough about prayer. If you get a breakthrough about prayer, then what you will begin to experience in your life will be such a unique thing, personal thing with God, that there will be no confusion that will exist in your life, and you will walk in peace, and you will be able to see your future in such a wonderful way. I think someone should say amen about that. If you are struggling with finances, you need a breakthrough regarding prayer. If you are struggling in marriage, your children, your job, your spiritual life, you need a breakthrough regarding prayer because God created prayer for something very specific. Prayer is not a duty. Prayer is a privilege. It opens the relation, fellowship, time with God that you will experience God himself and his heart. When you begin to make your prayer life personal. God wasn't in heaven thinking, hey guys, let's just create something else. And let's call it prayer so that everybody could feel guilty that they're not doing enough. God didn't do that. Prayer is about God wants to talk with us, and it is a privilege to bring our thoughts, our struggles, and desires to the creator of the universe. Here's a simple definition of prayer. Prayer is transferring burden. Prayer is transferring burden. You at times in your life carry burdens you are not intended to carry. Some people think carrying burdens are spiritual. It is spiritual, but it's not of God. It is from the other side. Some of you are here and you are so stressed and so burdened about your children not going to church. I want your children to go to church. And bottom line, you begin to do what I'm going to show you, they will go to church. 
but you are carrying a burden that's not yours. That's not your burden to carry. God never intended for you to have a burden of a Christian family. But it is your responsibility to be a Christian, and because you're a Christian, then you lead your family to Jesus. Are you seeing the difference? It's that we are not living our life thinking that everything's falling apart and, and I'm just carrying this burden and, and, and if, this, if I don't do something, then nothing's going to happen. That's not what God wants you to carry. <clears throat> because the stress is we don't carry our burden to God in prayer. Because the stress is there, it's because we're not carrying our burden to God. And here it is, because we're not making our prayer personal. Because it's become a duty. And because it's a duty, it's a religious act. Religious acts don't get us anywhere. It literally causes, the Bible says, that religious thinking literally causes a word to be of no effect. And sometimes people are proclaiming Scripture, and and it has no effect because they're carrying something they're not supposed to carry, what they need to understand is to get some time frame with God on a daily basis in prayer, making it personal, understanding what it is, and begin to make inroads into there, being in the secret place, the the special place with God, His presence. Because God just head over heels loves you. He wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. Hmm. Matthew 6.34 says this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. So basically what Scripture is saying is that every day there's things that want to create anxiousness in your life. Every single day. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is why you need to make prayer personal. Church family, we need, you need on a daily basis to have a personal, here it is, quiet time with God. Now we are going to tear in this series, we're going to tear apart prayer. We're going to bring about uh, the personal aspect of prayer Next week, do not miss next week. I tell you what, I got jumping up and down in my office rewriting the notes for Jeremy because of what I'm going to show you next week. Some of us haven't done this in weeks or months of having a quiet time with God. Each day's troubles are stacking up. Three days, seven days, 60 days equals stress. Let me give you an explanation of a quiet time. Explanation of a quiet time is be quiet. Stop talking and listen to God. Now, let me just, so I don't have to go back to this again. We believe at Valley Community Church, Scripture teaches us about confession about speaking the word of God, 
about proclaiming your future with the word of God, all the above, that's what faith is. And, and we, we understand that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But when I'm talking about being spiritual, I'm talking about a one-on-one with you and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm talking about you spending time with God and allowing him to speak into your life as you speak to him, and we'll talk more about what that means. Be quiet, stop talking, and listen to God. So before I give a biblical instruction of having a quiet time, I want to blow away some myths about prayer, okay? And let me just tell you, the myths I'm blowing away because of the relationship that I have, that I've done for years, I do these things. And I believe in, in this. You know, with the Bible saying uh, to rise up early and seek the Lord and all the different things. But let me just blow away some myths because of lifestyle that we have today. I'm not changing scripture, but what I'm telling you is that we need to understand the heart of what scripture is saying. Because sometimes some of us can't do what some of these myths are and we feel guilty and we quit. And I'm just telling you, I want you to 110% say, I'm going to have a quiet time with God on a daily basis because this is one of the most important things I will ever do in my life. Are you ready for this? Okay, here's the first myth. You can only pray from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Some of you work. You're at work between 5 and 6. Prayer is relational. I get up early. The moment I get out of my bed, I pray. I spend time with God. I journal. Prayer is relational. Relational. It would be crazy, watch this, if I told Terry, nope. Can't kiss you, it's after six. I wouldn't have a good marriage, would I? The Bible says rise up early, but what's your early? Some of our folks here, uh, quite a few of them, work all night long and then come to church, and then they go to bed. So maybe their early is when they wake up in the evening because they go to work late. See, and I, I just, I just want to say, say to you that, that we get to a place where there's certain things you've got to do, and it causes us to just quit. And I'm saying don't quit. What's your early? What's your five to six in the morning? Here's a second myth. You must pray at least one hour. There's a great book out there Jesus talked about, time frame. All right? But I hear many say, you know, well, I pray four hours every day. Well, here's the reason why they pray four hours every day. They don't have children and they don't have a job. Don't pray in guilt. It's, it's not really the time frame. It's the heart. There are times I will pray for 15 minutes, five minutes, and there are times I'll pray for five hours. 
There are times, and and we have to recognize, but it's got to be a daily thing. It has to be personal. It has to be a lifestyle. Prayer must be, a quiet time must be a lifestyle. Here's a third myth about personal prayer. Your prayer journal must sound like the Bible. I journal. I've I've read through the Bible many, many times. I, I can't even count now. But well, I journal, I write notes. And um, when you write your notes, you don't have to write in King James. Okay, got that? You know, I've written in my notes sometimes, don't be an idiot today. My words, I'm speaking to me. Write down your words. So let me now give you four steps to making your prayer life personal. If you take these, these are biblical, you take these, you will succeed 100% of the time. And at Valley Community Church, if we will take seriously what I'm teaching here and in this series, we will be 100% successful in our prayer life. And the prayer life will get to the place where it will just, just explode and become so much bigger. It will be more than just that 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour. There'll be times you'll go drive in the mountains and you'll take a bottle of water and you'll go pray for 15 hours. Why is that? Because you have come to a place of being personal with God. And that every single day, life doesn't happen for you until you sit with God. Because he wants to do that with you. See, God is personal with you. He's given you everything you need to be this, to do this, to accomplish this. Here's the first step. Quiet your mind. The battle is in our minds. Psalm 131 verse 2 says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with his mother, Like a weaned child is my soul within me. What does that mean? When your soul is with the Lord, personal prayer, there is a calmness like a child when he is with his mother. Your soul is anxious and stressed out when you don't daily spend time in that secret place of God. Personal. See, we have, we have extended, well, what gets you into the secret place? Well, we're going to show you. Scripture tells us. It's not that you jump up and down and you crawl on the ground and you roll three times and you sing five songs and all the different things. What gets you there? God's given you the ability and the heart and the spirit to do it. As a children is weaned, just laying on their mother's chest is comforting. You remember moms when you weaned your child from breastfeeding. But then there were times when your child was anxious. What you would do is you'd draw your child to your chest and you would just hold them. They would just And they'd just be so quieted and and they would just be so restful. 
And that's what God is saying, is that what, that's what I want to happen. I want our time together, our quiet time together to be so personal that when you get with me, everything is quieted. Everything is just so wonderful. The battle is our minds, which is part of our soul. Let me ask you this question. In trying to be quiet, have you ever tried to pray and every other thought is on your mind and you can't pray? Bills, groceries, wash clothes, fix that. Your mind yelling at you, don't forget, when you're done praying, you can't pray. Psalm 62.1, David says this, truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. And then verse 5 of the same chapter, same psalm says, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. You know, a lot of people go into prayer trying to fix things. They try to go into prayer uh, being spiritual. They try to go into prayer, you know, being this, this person that just really knows how, because you listen to yourself praying and you say, I don't pray very good. And you get all overwhelmed with your prayer time and what you're saying. And that's what I'm telling you, that, that we need to, to quiet that mind. We need to get to that place where we are getting in the presence of God. So, who do you think people want to listen to? You talking or God talking? Hmm. David tells his soul, be quiet. Just be quiet. For a few minutes before I pray, I do this. Because I read this a long time ago, and I tell my soul to be quiet. Because I'm a type A personality, folks. A type A personality, I, I go by schedule. I'm moving. I mean, I'm driving from one thing to another, one thing to another. And if I'm not careful when I have days off, I plan my whole day off. That I have no rest. And so I have to work at that to quiet my soul so that I can enjoy Sabbath. I can enjoy rest. But we're talking about getting before God. There are a lot of times when people pray, they, they pray because something's falling apart in their life and there's an emergency. So I tell my soul to be quiet and I also rebuke any spiritual influence. The enemy comes in. He doesn't want you to be personal with God because he knows what happens when you become personal with God. And I'm going to show you this in a little bit. So telling my soul to be with the Holy Spirit and to just be quiet. So remember, it's a quiet time. Slow down. I know there's some personalities out there that maybe they need to speed up <laughs> because of their life. But, but I'm just telling you, with me, I have to slow down. But I think that's what David was doing. I think, you know, in the, in the Hebrew, what he was saying was to slow down. So don't take this wrong, what I'm about to say. I can actually, when I know that I'm actually doing what I'm telling my soul to do, 
I can feel and sense my heartbeat slowing down when I get quiet and I relax in, the, in God's presence. Whether this takes a minute or two or five minutes, I work on that so that I'm just quieting my soul because I'm in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm in the presence of God. And I don't want anything to get in the way of hearing what he's telling me. Let's go on with this. The second thing to get you personal with God is focus your mind. What do I mean by that, to focus your mind? This is where you worship the Lord. Sing. Sing to the Lord, no matter how bad it is. Some of us have wonderful voices. Some of us, well, doesn't sound as good. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. How you reach men is the outward appearance with excellence. How you reach God is with the heart. God not only looks at the heart, but God listens to the heart. Now, I'm not trying to change theology because we believe in confession, we believe in speaking the word of God, but is it possible God doesn't hear our voice, he hears our heart? Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we speak, we're speaking the heart. Maybe God has become so personal with us and I'm just throwing this out to you because I'm studying this and I'm seeing more results of the Word of God regarding this. Is that what God is listening to, He is listening to your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In John 4, 24 says, God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Spirit, truth. He is listening to your spirit not the tone of your voice. There are people, I know, there are people that struggle even worshiping collectively because they know their voice was bad. They've been told, you know, they didn't go to American Idol where they tell everybody they can sing good. They've had family tell them, man, you don't sing good, don't sing. And from those words, you can't even sing on Sunday morning with the church. And I'm telling you, I don't care if you don't sound bad. I do care if it sounds bad up here. <laughs> but I don't care if it sounds bad from the sanctuary. I want you to sing. But what we're talking about here is we're talking about being personal with God, getting in a place that you become personal with God by singing. Let me just tell you this. I promise you God will give you a song for each day. I'm not talking about a worship song that they're going to play or that you grab a guitar and start singing the Lord every single day. That's ridiculous. But I'm saying that God's going to give you a song to sing. And the song could only just mean, I love you. 
and you sing that 500 times. Doesn't matter. See, a lot of people talk about if you're going to be spiritual in prayer, it's got to be a certain length of time. Well, if you got quiet before the Lord and you stilled your mind and you told your soul and you relaxed a little bit before the Lord, knowing you're in the presence of the Lord as you're talking to him and then listening, and then now you're singing, you're probably talking 10, 15 minutes in prayer right here. And when you get excited, which I do a lot in the worship time, I'll spend an hour in worship time. And sometimes my, the whole thing collectively is five minutes. Because I got up at 4.30 and I had to go to a hospital. Got up at 4 o'clock and I had to go to the hospital. So the song you sing will be the key to the Holy of Holies secret place for you. The song focuses you on God and off of your troubles. So church, sing. Sing. I remember when um, I had uh, left here. I was on staff for 15 years. And I left here and I went to North Carolina on the first, first day of the service. Um, the, the youth pastors that were the only staff that were there, um, I was standing during worship in the middle of both of them, and uh, they had their team worshiping, and they were standing next to me and my wife. And so Pastor Dalen Carey, who you've met, he spoke here, um, I was standing in the middle of Dalen Carey. Now, Dalen Carey, they can sing. They, I mean, they, they just... They're awesome, like our, our group. And they can sing, and so I'm singing, and I don't sing half bad. Um, but I'm singing, and then I'm listening to them, and after a while, I just shut up and let them, <laughs> let them sing because it was so beautiful. And I got in the presence of the Lord just hearing their voices. But see, that could rip you off and say, and keep you from worshiping yourself. Psalm 100, verse 4, watch this. This is a key. Watch how important this verse is to you. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. We forget this. Entering his presence, it's through worship. It's through worship. Let me show you Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. Those sound familiar, don't they? Well, they're in the Bible. And Michael oversaw prayer. Remember in the Bible, Michael's the one who would go and do battle. He oversaw prayer. Gabriel brings the word of the Lord. Anytime Gabriel appeared, he was bringing a message, the word of the Lord. And Lucifer, before his fall, oversaw worship. He was created with all of that. So is it possible Plans for our focus is prayer, worship, and word. Prayer, worship, and word. That's why in our services we do these three things. We're going to pray, we're going to worship, and we're going to have the word of God. Most teachings on personal prayer is pray and read the word of God. And that's so good 
I've read so many great books on prayer where it talks about that you need to pray, and while you're praying, read the Word of God. Always have the Word of God with you. I do. Anytime I pray, I have the Word of God with me, and I'll show you why in a little bit. But we're missing worship, which is a foundation of the church. Listen very closely. When Lucifer was cast out of heaven and Jesus restored our relationship and fellowship with God, he, Jesus, then gave us the authority also, but worship and its power was given to us too. That's why Satan battles worship, because it used to be his, now it's the church's responsibility. You are the one that brings worship to the kingdom of God and on this earth. You are the one that brings worship in the time frame of your quiet time with God, that prayer time, quiet time, you're bringing it to the Lord with worship. Church, you have it all. There's not one thing that you have to work on. There's not one thing that you have to better. It's just what you need to do is understand it and make it personal. And when it's personal, you will automatically do it. I'm not trying with the four points. I'm not trying to give you a book or give you a religious way to do things. I'm trying to give you specific things that make it personal. So, if you want to have an effective personal prayer life, a quiet time, clear your mind, focus your mind through worship, and third, pray your mind. Simply pray what's on your mind and, as we said, on your heart. So it's personal and it's from the heart. Now, it might not be world peace that you pray for all the time. Talk to God with what you're burdened about. Prayer is transferring burdens. You are not designed to carry burdens, church. So if you come out of prayer still burdened, you didn't pray, you just griped. And I want you to hear that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down. I just, I just understand. There are times that I, I would get into prayer and, and I would just like, ah, oh, Lord. It just, ah. I'd sit and listen. I'd worship, oh, praise your Lord. And I'd sing to him and all the different things. And then, then I'd get up and leave. And half hour later, I'm still burdened. It's wearing me out. I am not created to carry burdens. God says, give them to me. So a lot of times people will pray and then they leave prayer and they still have the same worry. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing. So talk to God, to God the way you would talk to your best friend. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, be anxious for nothing 
but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, that's worship, let your requests be made known to God. If you do this, verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How can you be anxious for nothing? How can you get to the place where God's peace guards your hearts and minds? What is the key? Pray about everything and transfer your burdens. Pastor, come on, man. I, that's so hard. No, it's not. Let me just say this to you. Pastor Dan explained it wonderfully a while ago. Pastor Ryan taught on it. Is that there are these elders that are around the throne of God. There are angels that are flying in all different things in the holy of holies and in heaven. And so I don't have to explain it all. The reality is, is that many times the, the Scripture talks about that they would just holy, holy, holy is God. And then all of a sudden, remember this, this with Pastor Dan who was up here? He goes in, they saw more of who God is. If you make a quiet time that's personal, you will leave being with the King of kings and Lord of lords. There's nothing bigger than him. Greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. Oh, church family. I, I, I'm not begging you, I'm not really pleading with you, but I'm asking you, give it another chance. Again, 90% feel like failures in their prayer walk. It's because we, we haven't allowed it to be personal. See, Matthew 11.30 says, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The only time Jesus uses the Greek word for light here, and this, light, this word light, it means light in weight, or but specifically applied to burdens, it means relieving them or take the weight off of you. See, what he's saying here is my yoke is easy and my burden I will take off of you or you can release them to me because I will take care of them. I am God. I created the universe, and I can do this thing. And I want to tell every one of you, God can do this thing for you, but you got to give it to him. you got to give it to him. Hmm. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. The word care and cares are different words. This care that you're casting on him is worry and all the burdens. And the other care that about him, he just absolutely loves you. Well, here's the fourth thing in making prayer personal. Renew your mind. To renew your mind is to read the word. And when you read the word, it changes your thinking. That's why when I see people running by all the, 
all the toilet paper, paper towels, water, and everything because of fear. I look at that, and I feel sad for them. Not because they're not trying to be smart, but they just know what they know. What do they know? Fear. I'm not going to live in fear. Praise God, I was led of the Holy Spirit because I had I have a lot of meetings coming at my house and a lot of people and pastors coming to my house this month. So a couple weeks ago, I went to Costco and bought a bunch of toilet paper <laughs> and got a bunch of water. I'm good, <laughs> okay? I'm good. I don't, well, anyways. But the reality is they're living by fear because they don't know. But I spend time with my God. Not patting me on the back, but I spend time with my God. And I look at coronavirus, and I look at God, and I say, you got this thing, don't you? It's going to go right around me. Matter of fact, it's not going to touch anybody that I know. It's going to go right around you. Because I'm a pastor, and I'm a shepherd, and I'm going I'm to tend my flock. In Jesus' name, you walk in divine health. Because that's what the Word of God says. Because my mind's renewed. Because I think differently. I'm not any better than anybody else. I think kingdom. And so when I think kingdom, I pray kingdom. And when I pray kingdom and I get in my quiet time, I share with God. But how do I do that? I quiet myself and I listen. See, I don't, want to, I don't want in my conversation with God, I don't want him to know what I know. I want to know what he knows. Right? I mean, I know you're all real smart. I know you've got a lot together. You do. I'm not making fun of that. You are awesome people. But here's what I'm saying. I want to know what God knows. And I can't know what God, what God knows um, <laughs> when it's just this all the time with him. I need to listen. And then I need to worship the song that he's given me. Because when I listen, I begin to know who he is, and I begin to exalt him with who he really is. He's not just the, that God up in heaven somewhere that never talks to me or I can't hear or I can't see. No, I'm right there with him. And then I get to that place where I begin to speak and I begin to know. But bottom line, God hears from my heart. Renew your mind. To renew your mind is to read the word. A quiet time is reading what the Holy Spirit asks you to read. I read through the Bible every single year, but every single day I read what the Holy Spirit asks me to read. Amen. And sometimes I feel like he's right there just saying, okay, and I want you to turn to here, and I want you to turn to here, and I want you to... And then I get into it, and sometimes it's like, well, I think I'll just read Matthew. <laughs> but you know what? He's been speaking to me. 
There's a possibility I wake up in the morning. That's why it's saying, get, get to it early in your life. If you're early as four in the afternoon because you're working and you're sleeping, that's your morning. Okay, but get to him early. Why? Because maybe he spoke to you in your sleep. Maybe he put something on you during your sleep. How many of you have had that happen? Yeah. Okay, so, so you begin, God will prepare you for the day. He's causing your thoughts to align with God's thoughts. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How are you going to be transformed? By renewing your mind. But it's allowing the Holy Spirit to direct you. There are times that um, people at the club have come to me and said, um, Pastor, what? Or even here, Pastor, what? Uh, what about this? And they start asking some questions. And then I think, hmm, let me get back with you. And I go back to another machine or whatever and start to lift weights. And, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, well, if you just go to Romans chapter 12. Oh. See, I attribute that to my quiet time with the Lord, making it personal. I attribute to that that, man, he's just hanging out. He's proud of me. I'm proud of him. Now, I'm not making God me or me God or whatever, but it's relationship. That's what God wants. It's so funny, you know, because a lot of people, when they, they do things in church, they talk like this, you know, outside of church. Hey, how you doing? What's happening? Man, it's, it's cool. It's great. And then they get in church and say, thus saith the Lord. God doesn't want that. God doesn't need that from you. You know what he wants? He wants me to be real. He wants me to be real. And so it was funny this morning, it's a good example, is uh, I have my grandchildren, um, six of them, that are Ryan and Melissa's that uh, early in the morning when I get in around 7 or so, they come in my office and I spend about 10 minutes with them and then I, I pray with them and kiss them and, and send them off uh, to, back in the sanctuary. I, I, I wish I could tell you they come in because they just absolutely love Papa. They do. But I also give them jelly beans, right? <laughs> so we're sitting there and um, I could tell it's about the time they're ready for their jelly beans. But all of a sudden, I hear this low voice. And I look over at my desk, and Claire is sitting in my chair on my office desk, and I'm sitting on the couch and all the other kids. And she's going, whoa, kiddos, how's everybody doing? You know, <laughs> she, she was acting out me. <laughs> I started laughing, the kids started laughing, we had fun with that. But you know, God doesn't want that, he wants you just the way you are. God loves you just the way you are. And when you go to him, you don't go to him, oh, I'm such a failure. No, you're a child of God. H have you failed in stuff? Yeah, we all have. But this is the point. You renew your mind. And renewing your mind, you begin to think differently 
of every aspect of your life. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hmm. There it is again. It's always talking about discerning, hearing the heart. When I read the word of God, it discerns the thoughts and intents of my heart. It divides my motives and God's motives. So the way I become a man or, ladies, a woman of faith is to know the Word of God, to renew my mind. A a person of faith is just not always confessing the Word, even though faith is you confess the Word. A person of faith is a person who has renewed their mind. And you really got to hear that. It's, it's because I, I just, we always, okay, well, he's a great man of faith because people get healed when they pray. Well, I don't pray, I pray and people don't get healed. Well, you must not be a person of faith. That's not what the Bible says. A person of faith is one that their mind is renewed and so the mind isn't overtaking their spirit. And when things come up, like this virus, things come up, like your children have gone astray, things come up at work, all that stuff, all that burden, all that anxiousness, you cast it on the Lord because you know greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. And when you go and you sit with the Lord, you, you say, Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you thanking you for the Holy Spirit. And bottom line, this thing ticked me off but I'm giving it to you and I'm not going to walk in anger because you said that uh, be, ang- be angry and sin not. I am not going to live in sin and I'm going to do that. So I cast it on you. You're going to take care of it. Holy Spirit, show me what to do. And stop talking after you cast it and listen. And here's how the anxiousness and the fear leaves. It is solidified by spending time in the presence of God. God's not going to hear griping. I'm just telling you that. God's not going to hear crying and griping. What he's going to hear is your heart that says, I cast this upon you. It's yours, not mine. And you renew your mind and you live in accordance to what he's already said you're to do. And you do that on a daily basis. So that anxiousness is not fear, is not built up one day, two days, three days, four days, five days, a month, two months, three months, five years. I know people that have gotten offended and they've been offended for 50 years. And they are miserable. They love Jesus or going to heaven. But at Valley Community Church, we're going to be personal with God. I challenge every one of you. Okay, I don't do this often. But I challenge every one of you to listen to this podcast to grab your notes, go over it and over it and over it till you get it personally. I don't mean that it becomes some religious rote that you do. 
that you get it personally of what I've explained and you live this life, I promise you, you will attain 100% success with your prayers. Let's all stand. Let me just talk to you for a second. Um, it's really exciting what the Lord is doing. And I'm just, I'm just having a little uh, family time here. I'll be very quick because I know you're all hungry. But this summer will be 14 years that my wife and I have had the privilege and the honor of being your lead pastor, having the honor of having the staff that we have and all of you. We have, for most of these years, been fixing and restoring, and you've heard me, over $2 million worth of just electricity, air conditioning units, you name it. We, this Saturday, um, my wife and a couple of ladies went to a flooring place, and we're going to be um, redoing the foyer, the offices, the learning center, chapel, fireside room, all that, and we're going to be um, laying down the flooring, the new type of flooring that is not slippery, it's not marble or anything like that. It will suck in the sound uh, really good, like basically carpet does. But it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be nice. So we're going to, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be presenting it to you once we get all the answers of it. And um, we got the money in the bank. We do. So we, we just write the check out. But the reality is, is, is I'm, I am going to receive an offering uh, to help cut the cost of that. And uh, probably, you know, I, I really don't know. I would guesstimate around twenty-five dollars to $30,000. A little bit more possibly. So we've we got the money in the bank. But we're going to be um, creating such an atmosphere in our church of the beauty of what's going to happen. We're even talking about possibly coming down the aisles all the way to the front with the flooring so that the walking area uh, will have that beauty, which will go well with the coloring. So um, we're doing our due diligence, making sure we get the best price with the best product. I've said all that to say the excellence with men, what they see. But the spiritual aspect of this, I'm talking about prayer, the Lord's really laid on my heart of ministry, because we call for the elders of the church, prayer team. Sometimes the Holy Spirit leads me in some areas of ministry. Um, We're really going to go after salvation because you're going to go get them. You're going to go find the lost and bring them to church. Okay, that's, that's, that's your responsibility. And when you bring them, the tendency is because we do so well here with what we do, the tendency is, you know, 20, 30, 35 people will get up and leave at the conclusion of the service when I'm done getting ready to pray because they're going to go work in the courtyard, they're going to go help with the children's ministry, they're going to do the parking lot, you know, all the different things but I feel like it brings confusion. And so everyone that has done that, thank you for doing that. That's what we applied. But we want to change. I want you to think through this. 
we want to change. Those leaders that are leading different ministries, I want you to recognize there needs to be a moment after every service on Sunday where we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and minister uniquely to individuals or collectively the whole body. Where prophetic words, where where words of knowledge, where uh, healings, miracles can take place. Salvation, Holy Spirit baptism can take place. We're not going to do that yet. But when we get to that point, when I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, now's the time to make the proclamation, I would like for us all to be ready just to just two to three minutes that you would just stay here. You wouldn't, you know, like talk to your friend across the aisles or whatever. Just really be focused on what God is doing at Valley because there's a move of the Holy Spirit that is great right now in our world. That's why I believe the coronavirus came in because there's a great move of God and the enemy's trying to get our minds off of it. Okay? And so when we do that, you understand what I'm talking about? No one's been rude. No one's done anything wrong. As a matter of fact, you've done everything right. It's just that I feel like they're in the culture shift of Valley Community, what we're doing. This is something that we need to do. Okay? So just pray about it. Ready your heart. And when I make this proclamation, what we want to do, we're going we're gonna to stick guys, guards at the door. No, we're not going to do that. Okay? It's a culture of really we want to touch the lives of people. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord overwhelm you with that peace because you have had that quiet time with God. May the Lord absolutely overwhelm your thinking with his thinking. Having a kingdom-minded mind to be able to do the things, say the things, confess the things, live the things that are kingdom. That God will change your home. God will change your business. He will change your job. He will overwhelm you with prosperity and divine health. Why? Because we are a people of prayer. God bless you. I love you big time. Have a wonderful day.